Let's try that again. Good morning. Glad to be in God's house. It's a good day. Amen. Thank you for being here today. If it's your first time being here, maybe the first time in a long time, know this. We're glad you're here. You passed other churches to get here, good churches. I'm thankful you, either you chose or your car just pulled in. Either way, I'm glad you're here. My name is Jeff, and I get the honor of sharing the word with you today. Um, take your Bibles out, and if you're here and you do not have a Bible, please let us know that. I didn't say if you wanted a new Bible, uh, but if you're here and you don't, you don't have a Bible, please, please let us know, and uh, you, you have my word that you will get one. <clears throat> In fact, I have one to give. And it is marked in the passage that we will be speaking from. You need this, but you ain't getting it. God bless you, dear. Love you. John chapter 20. Turn there. <clears throat> I've entitled this message, The Devil's Nightmare. The Devil's Nightmare. You could say, okay, we're going to get a, some trumped up for lack of better words. We got to go out and do this and do that and do another thing. That's not what this message is. When you came in, you should have received a worship guide. If you did, I ask you to take it out, flip it over, and if God says something that you think you need to remember, please write it down. We provide you that space. If we don't have enough space here, notepad in front of you. If not, just walk around the pews. You'll find one eventually. Or just take one from somebody. I'm okay with that too. But I want to draw your attention to the front of it, where the pretty picture is. On the bottom, you will find why we're here. Why Living Water is at 445 Wilmington Pike, Kettering, Ohio. I don't want anyone to not know where we're going and why we're here. So if your worship guide is out, let's read this mission statement together. Read it with me. We exist to show Christ's love through, there's three A's, there's three A's. I interrupted you, my apologies. There's three A's. You've seen them over the door when you came in today. The three A's that I have on here is how we're going to show Christ's love. See, see, love's a verb. And following Christ requires a life full of verbs. Yes. Not a life full of words, a life full of verbs. Yes. Let's read this again. We exist to show Christ's love through acceptance, authenticity, and action. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. So I came today with a message from the king and... I, I, I couldn't be more excited to preach, although I hate the price paid on the week before I have to preach. <clears throat> I'm not a martyr, please don't misunderstand. I'm 
I'm fine. But there are just some things that the devil can't deal with. And I guess the first thing I need to establish is we exist in this natural physical realm here where, you know, like we're, we're like legit. We exist. Okay? But, but there's a God and then, and then there's a devil. And, and you don't hear many people talk about the devil because people say that's a scare tactic. No, no, I, I committed to tell you the truth. And whereas I love talking more about God, and I will talk more about God, and I will talk more about his son Jesus and the spirit of the living God, I, I think we, we need to be aware that we're in a battle. And, um, which is weird to me because the battle's already been won. So it's, it, it, I'm still trying to work that out. I, I don't know why we're still in this battle, but I know, I, I don't, don't tweet me a verse. I, I know that we're battling between spirit and flesh. I, I get that. But that, that should be the shortest little wrestling match in history because we have one of these books that say we win. So, so what I want to do is, I want to empower you to know why you're here today. I want you to know without a question the direction that living water is going. We exist to show Christ's love. through acceptance and authenticity. And then we ain't just going to talk about it. We're going to put feet to those. So the nightmare that keeps the devil up at night is really quite simple, but then if you'll allow me to unpack it. Are you in John 20? Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. We'll get there in a minute. These... Three little words, they strike fear in the heart of our enemy because he knows of the truth in these words. He knows the depth of these words. He knows, he knows what all is encompassed in these words. And it's a reminder to him that my Jesus who died on a cross for Jeff Burke and for you because I'm a sinner and so are you. That Jesus who died a brutal death like probably has not been duplicated through crucifixion since. They chucked him in the side of a hill, put a big rock in front of it. One day everything was good. The devil's, he's, he's, he's digging it. He's on board. He thinks he's won. And then the second day, the sun comes up, the sun goes down. Everything's good. But see, the reason that these three words strike fear 
in the heart of our enemy is because on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and he is alive today and he conquered death, hell, and the grave so that you and I can be delivered from our old you and I and become new creatures in Jesus Christ. If that moves you in any way, can you give him a shout of praise? Now, now, now that being said, the three words that take you from knowing about a Jesus to a Jesus that consumes you and flows out of you as Trey led us in into all the world and those around us who need to know about him. Three words that shut the mouth of the devil are these three words. Say them with me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm going to say it until the devil gets off my shoulder. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's about to my deltoid right now. Jesus is Lord. Because I'm about to run in this bad boy. Because I don't know what you think about this statement right here. But I'm telling you, no matter who you are, what you've done, this right here fixes everything. Everything. And you're like, man, you're overstating it because you're going to tell me my life is perfect. No, 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 no. No, dude, no, listen, listen, listen. Your life just began to have issues when you claim this. Because the devil hates it so daggone bad. And I'm just going to keep saying it because your Bible, my Bible says that we, the enemy's skull is under our feet and we are going to crush his head. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's just Bible, you know, a bunch of metaphors and a bunch of allegories. Well, you can live like that if you want. I'm saying I'm crushing his daggone head because my Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is great. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is the truth and the reality of the resurrection proves that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's not just Lord on Sundays. Can I get a witness? He has been Lord since eternity past and he'll be Lord in eternity future. Amen. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over the Republicans. He's Lord over the Democrats. He's Lord over the Independents. He's Lord over the Conservatives. And He's Lord over the Liberals. Listen to me. Jesus is Lord. And I don't use a voting booth to prove that. I point people to an empty grave to prove that. I point people to a life that was and that is to prove that. Jesus is Lord over all. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over the rich. He's Lord over the poor. He's Lord over the red, yellow, black, and white because we're all precious in His sight. 
You thought you learned that song for nothing. No, that's the gospel. He's Lord over the upper class. He's Lord over the lower. He's Lord of the has-beens. My God, he's Lord over the wannabes. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord when you're in the valley. Jesus is Lord when you're doubting. Jesus is Lord whenever that you're climbing back up on the mountain and everything's starting to look good again. Jesus is Lord then too. Jesus is Lord when you're coming back down the other side of the mountain and you're wondering what the heck happened. I was on the mountain three days ago. How did I get down here? He's still Lord. And you've got to keep reminding yourself that he's still Lord. Jesus is Lord. The problem with our lives is not Jesus not being Lord. The problem in our lives is that Jesus has to be our Lord. He's got to be our Lord. You still in John 20? Let's read together. Start with me, please, in verse 19. Let's read 19 through 22. If you got it, say amen. amen. If, you're just, if, you're, if you're just going to ride along with me for a minute and, and read it off the screen, say, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Ain't my first day. Verse 19, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. That's called, that's called a pause for effect. Feel the weight of that, church. I'm not rushing through this text. I'm not. Feel the weight of that. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Jesus had died. This text takes place after the resurrection. He died, but he rose again. Conquered death, held in the grave, so you and I can be in a relationship with God the Father. Hallelujah. And as Justin said so clearly, and we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why we take him with us everywhere we go. But at the time of our text, the quote-unquote church, they were afraid. I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to not be sure what God's going to do in a situation. Maybe you do too. Nah, I know you do too. But what I hope you take away from this is that your doubt doesn't stop him from being Lord. Sometimes all you have to lean on is the truth that he is Lord. When you ain't got nothing else, Jesus is still Lord. They were behind locked doors because they were afraid. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Pause. Are you in this scripture? Put yourself in this story. You're either one of the guys that are scared don't be Jesus, or maybe you're just maybe you're just watching it from a distance. You're an innocent bystander. I don't know. Think you know it's a wonderful life, and you're watching, you're seeing things, and they don't see. I don't care how you envision it. See this story play out. They are in the room. They are afraid because Jesus, the one they had been following, had been killed. 
they thought Jesus gave his life up. Regardless, his life had left his body. As he promised, he rose again from the dead. And your Bible just nonchalantly just moves along and says suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Nobody heard a key go in a door. Nobody heard a doorknob move. They just realized suddenly, say that word, suddenly, that's like right now, Jesus was standing with them. Now, Jesus, here, here, here's, here's, here's just real talk for a second. Jesus did not show up, go out of his way to supernaturally come into a room with a bunch of scared, weak believers to give them a lecture. I want, I want, I want everyone in this room to hear me right now. I don't care what your past was. I don't care what you've done up to August the 11th. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. He loves you, which is why he gave his son for you. He's not mad at you. He could have lectured these guys like, really, guys, really? What else did I have to do to show you I am who I say I am? He doesn't say that. No, no, no. His concern for them is so immense that when he comes in and stands in the room, suddenly he speaks to them and says, peace be with you. In other words, just like he spoke to the wind and the waves, and suddenly things were calm. He spoke the words to the trembling disciples. And I can just sense and imagine the calm that fell over them. Verse 20 says, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, exclamation point. Verse 21, again he said, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Verse 22, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, amen. God Sent his son, he died, rose again, and his disciples who were quaking in their sandals, he showed up to them suddenly, spoke peace into them, not lectured, didn't smack them, didn't say you've got eight years of bad luck that's going to happen to you because of your doubt. No, no, no. He immediately came to them to assure them that he is alive and to assure them that there is peace that can be had with Jesus. Is anybody hearing me today? There is peace to be had in Jesus. I'm talking to myself. Jeff, there's peace to be had in Jesus. What's you rolling around worrying about, Jeff? Just, I, just I'll get back to you in a minute. Why are you so concerned? Why, why do you get so jacked up about stuff? Jesus came and said to you, Jeff, that there's peace. I receive it, Jesus. Father, I bless the reading of your word, and I ask that you would begin to manipulate our heart to receive. God, I pray that you would just speak to us. Oh, God, that we would just understand a little better about our purpose. 
with our existence. I bless your holy name and I thank you in advance for what I know you're going to do in this house today. In the wonderful, amazing name of your son, Jesus, we pray these things. And the church said, Amen. Pick it up in verse 24. Let's read 24 through 27. The Bible says, One of the twelve disciples, his name was Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Your ear version might say Didymus. It just means twin. He was not with the others when Jesus came. Pause. I would call this the ultimate missed opportunity. But the reason this is in here is for you and I that have let Jesus go by. Yes, he had a missed opportunity. But aren't you glad that Jesus called you more than once? Aren't you glad that you... You felt his pull, you felt his presence, you felt his drawing, and, 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 and then your, your, your head got in the way of your heart, and because of that, you started to get rocky, things started to get a little shaky, but Jesus comes, and Thomas missed it. Thomas is not in the house when Jesus shows up. Verse 25. And they told him. They told who? They told Thomas. I want you to look at this. We have seen the Lord! Exclamation point. Thomas, Thomas, we've seen him. What he said was true. There's nowhere in the Bible that Jesus doubt, or that Thomas doubted what Jesus said was true. Thomas gets a bad rap. Come on. I want you to be a thinking church. Hear me. They were hiding in a room. Where was he? He wasn't hiding. He's out somewhere. I'll let you finish this message. Because that's exactly right. So, you know, doubting Thomas, that's not fair. I said, that's not fair. Because, listen, if we're going to call him doubting Thomas, man, I'm like doubting Jeff times a hundred. Because everybody in this room has doubted their calling. They've doubted their salvation. They've doubted whether or not God's going to see them through. They doubt if they're good enough for Jesus. Come on, somebody. They, they doubt if God's going to work out a situation. They doubt. I doubt. You doubt. Everybody doubts. But Jesus is Lord. They told him, we have seen the Lord. Don't miss, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Oh, many of us are here today because you know someone that has seen the Lord. And, and, and to be quite honest, they're getting on your nerves about it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh my God, I, I hope he doesn't come to the family reunion because, man, here he's going to be all hyper-spiritual. He's, he's going to invite me to church 15 times. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm out of excuses. I don't know what even to say. can't say grandma died because it's his grandma too so he would know that <laughs> you're here because many of you are here because someone in your life has seen the Lord they love you enough to tell you about it yes. 
disciples tell Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them, place my hand into the wound in his side. And eight days later, the disciples were brought together again. And this time Thomas was with them and the doors were what? Locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Look at this next sentence, please. Don't be faithless any longer, period. Believe. 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 I love this because Jesus doesn't get upset with Thomas that he had to be shown. And I believe that if you're here today and you're filling your lungs up with air, and you are, if you're not, somebody get Trey quick. <laughs> Jeff, you get, get busy, get whatever, do whatever you guys do that save people's lives. But you got lungs, you got air in your lungs. So you got another chance. You got another opportunity. Don't be faithless any longer. But believe, Thomas didn't get in trouble for not believing fully and completely. Thomas didn't get scolded. Isn't it amazing that Jesus will do whatever he has to do to get to where you are? I don't care how low you are. Your Bible said David wrote in the book of Psalms that he came all the way down into the miry clay. He didn't send somebody. He didn't lower a rope. He went down into the deepest place where you were stuck in the mud. And your Bible says, and he carried me out, David said, and put me on a rock and put a new song in my mouth Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord and you got another opportunity to believe that and if you're here you've seen that you say I ain't seen it man I've seen nothing but junk my whole life man it started when I was a kid again let me remind you you've seen the Lord because you saw the sun come up today and that's not by accident. Kim and I commented last night, we were out, of what a beautiful sunset it was. It's not by accident. It's not by accident. And there's so many treasures in this text. I don't, I don't have time to touch them all, and, and much less unpack them, so I'm not going to even try. I'm, I'm I've got to scoot along, as it were. I could talk about, I'm not going to, but I could talk about the fact that you don't have a door in your life big enough that he can't get through. I could talk about that, but, but I, I'm not. I'm just going to stay with it. I could. I could talk about how, how, how Thomas needed proof, just like you, but I'm not going to talk about that.
Thomas said what he needed. Jesus showed up, provided what he needed. Proof of his existence. Don't raise your hand. How many of you have told God, oh, just, 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 just heal my boy. Just heal my boy and I'll, I'll follow you forever. Oh, just fix this in my life. Just fix this in my life and I'll follow you forever. See, we make these promises. When we get so low, we can't get up. problem is we keep moving the target and changing the promises because once people are healed and once you are back on your feet again when God does heal and you said you would serve him forever well I said serve but I didn't mean I didn't mean like volunteer in children's ministry or anything I mean sweet mother I'm not crazy Thank you to all the volunteers who serve in children's ministry. I mean, it's, it's not, that didn't mean I was going to go to church. Because <laughs> I don't need the church. I, I need the church. This week, pastor declares to you, I need the church. I need the church. I need you. M- my wife and I need you. We need you. We need the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, God comes through for us on so many levels over and over and over and over again. He has proven himself to you and to me. But st- listen, and st- he does it on, in so many ways. Honestly, we don't even realize it was him until three days later. But he's moving. He's moving. He's moving in your life. So, What does Jesus have to do to get us to recognize that he is Lord? Come on, can we be logical for just a second? Ask yourself, what does Jesus have to do? What else does he have to do to prove to you that he's Lord? Come on, offer it up. It's grown-up talk today. Offer the daggone thing up. What does he have to do to prove to you that he's Lord? You ain't dead yet. You could have been. You should have been. You're not behind bars. You could have been. You should have been. What does he have to do? What does he have to do to prove to you his love for you? What else does Jesus, the King of King and Lord of Lord? What else does he have to do? Offer it up. Offer it up. Stop making excuses. You're here. (laughs) Most of you today, you got a roof over your head. If you don't have a roof over your head, let somebody in this church know, we'll put a roof over your head. Did you hear me? You're like, Jeff, every time you do this, man, you open up so many doors. I will not stop loving people. I will not stop meeting needs. 
if it's, if it's me and my family by ourselves, we are not going to stop being Jesus. And I know I am a part of a church that totally believes that. Amen. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Verse 28. After that, we see that Jesus does what he says he's going to do. He said, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Verse 28. Look at the way God helped me preach this. Look at the way Thomas responds. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. We got to get more undignified than this. It wasn't some liturgical spewing of words. His only response to the proof of the depth of the love of Jesus Christ, his only response was, My Lord and my God. My Lord. My God. He got it. He understood it. He understood it. Jesus is Lord. Jesus showed Thomas his sacrifice, showed him his wounds, showed him that he was no longer in the grave. And the only logical response to that is, Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. Verse 29, then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in the book, verse 31. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. Hallelujah! Listen to me. Listen to me. You ever wonder why this Bible was written? God didn't need an autobiography. He's got one. It's called creation. He didn't need an autobiography. This verse tells us why this book was even written. Look at it. These are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that by believing in Him, you'll have life by the power of His name. Thank you, Jesus. Our key verse I'm going back to is verse 28. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed, I believe that for many people, the reason that we struggle to walk in what Jesus promised to give us, which was the abundant life, which simply just means life overflowing. And I'm not talking about stuff. Did you hear me? I'm talking about life. Life overflowing. Joy overflowing, peace overflowing. Hear me. Oh my God. God, help me communicate this. Oh my, I speak only what your tongue says. The reason many of us falter on that, the reason I have faltered on that, the reason we aren't living with the mindset of a warrior, the reason we aren't living as winners. It's for one reason, and it is our key thought. You can't break out until you first break through. 
You cannot break out of the prison that you have made for yourself. You cannot break out of that. You can't break out of yesterday's chains. You can't break out of yesterday's generational curses that have followed you and followed you and followed you and you're doing everything you can to keep them off your daggone kids. Listen to me. Please hear me. Hear my heart. You and I. There's one reason There's one reason that we don't totally give everything and live a breakthrough life. It's because we won't break out of the prison that we've created. Called being institutionalized. You know how to do old life. I said you know how to do old life. It's kind of easy. I mean, come on. When Peter had had it up to here, Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm going, I'm going back to fishing. What, what, what was Peter doing when Jesus called him? He was fishing. He went back to what he was familiar with. He went back to what he knew. He went back to the thing that he knew he could do without even thinking about it. Here's the unfortunate part. The rest of the guys with him said, we're going with you. Wait, no. It, no, you, you make your own decision. You do whatever. Peter, listen, no. You're going fishing. We're going with you. Church, be careful. Dads, be careful. Dads, be careful. Moms, be careful. Single moms, we love you. Be careful. Single dads, we love you. Be careful. Single moms whose family has pushed you away. Our arms are wide open to you as we speak. You can't break out until you first break through. And that breakthrough is going to happen today in the supernatural power of a risen Savior that declares He is Lord. Jesus, Jesus. If you'll forget what you thought you knew about Jesus and own the truth that, you know what, he just might not be my Lord or my God. I'm not going to argue the fact that he's Lord. Okay, everybody clapped, we clapped. Okay, we're in a, we clap. Jesus, Lord. I don't. I'm less worried about that because He's Lord, whether we clap or not. I'm, I'm, just, I'm seriously less worried about how much noise we make. Although I, I, I believe, if anything should raise the roof, it should be that. But I'm less concerned about the fact that we proclaim Jesus as Lord than I am the question: Is He? personally yours is he personally yours see you, 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 if you can't say my god my god my lord my god if you can't say that then there's not a 
personal ownership in this. There's not a personal relationship. You need to understand something today, and, and, and I need to understand it more clearly. So I'm preaching to me. You just listen. Just, if you pick something up, that's awesome. But listen as I preach to myself. What I got to do, I got to realize that Jesus didn't come to take sides. My God, listen to me. If you are struggling in a marriage, whatever's going on, hear me. Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. He came to take over. And, and, and as cliche as it sounds, and I said I'd never say it, daggone it, I'm going to say it. He's either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all in our lives. It doesn't change the fact that He's Lord. And that's always the missing piece that follows that cliche slogan. Oh, He's Lord of all. Forget about it. I mean, He's Lord of all. Jesus is Lord. You having nightmares yet? Hang with me. Jesus is Lord. Is He your Lord? He came to take over. And you will have breakthrough. And you'll begin to see your life differently. You'll begin to have different eyes. You'll begin to live a life of a sin-hating, peace-speaking, devil-shaking life-breather instead of who you are right now. And I'm not being condescending or putting you down. If your life is working for you without Jesus, then go for it. But hear me. You can't say you weren't warned. One day, we're going to hit a wall. And the difference between you staying locked up and being broke out is whether or not you can break through yourself and make him your Lord. And your God. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I just want to apologize right now for what's getting ready to come out of my mouth. Some of us want to say we have a personal relationship with God so that we can align ourselves with a particular political party. I'll remind you, Jesus didn't come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. And He is Lord, don't you, for the love of Mike, lukewarmness will get you spit out of his mouth. Do you hear me? Book of Revelation. Don't read the whole thing yet. Freak out. If you don't know Jesus, don't start with Revelation. I'm telling you, you'll throw in a towel in 30 seconds. I'm with you, though. I ain't putting you down. I'm right there with you. I still, I still like, Tom, can you explain this to me? Because I don't know what it's saying. Listen. This is so important. You and I don't be lukewarm. Don't, don't call on God when 
you've got more month than you got money. Don't just call on God whenever you need something. Listen, 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 listen. He is Lord. And He's come to take your life and my life over. He's not your personal assistant. He is not Jeff Burke's gopher. I don't have any other method of getting to the Father than you do. I'm no more spiritually elevated than you. If there's favor on my life, it's because of the grace and mercy of God. If there's favor on your life, it's because of the grace and mercy of God. But hear me, you can't keep playing around with I'm in today and I'm out tomorrow. He is either the Lord, your God, or you've got to be man or woman enough to own it and say, I don't know Jesus, and by God, I can't deal with this life anymore without Him. I need Him. I'm broken. I'm empty. I say I'm saved, but He is not the Lord of my life. Devil, you're going to have some nightmares because i got about 120 people out here that are going to declare that Jesus is Lord. God! Stop praying that your spouse will change. He didn't come to take sides. He came to take your marriage over. Stop saying, man, you know what, if we just had, a, if we just had another pastor, man, we'd, things would be different. Listen, that might be right. That might be right. But until that day, you're stuck. And I'm going to preach to you day in and day out so that you have no question about where, I, where we're going and why we're here. We are here to increase the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are here to raise the dead who were dead in their trespasses and sin and introduce them to a man named Jesus. And when we introduce him to a man named Jesus, life change takes place. And when life change takes place, homes get changed, families get changed, communities get changed, lives get changed, and Jesus is Lord God. Hold on. I'm good. I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> See, when you, let him, when you let him take over, you have this incredible revelation that there is only one side. No, no, no. When you come to the understanding that he did not come to see you win and somebody lose, You will understand that there is but one side. And the side is the side of Jesus. Because one day when the smoke clears, you can talk about all you did. You can talk about grandpa who was a pastor. Because everybody's grandpa was a pastor. You can talk about that. But that don't mean jack between your and my relationship with Jesus Christ. I've said over and over and over again, I want to continue the legacy of my father. That doesn't mean I'm going to heaven because of my father. It means 
I want to take this farther than daddy could take it. I want my kids to take it farther than I can take it. Is anybody hearing me today? And you will understand that this ain't about turf wars. This is about Jesus being Lord. Is he your Lord? Is he your God? Or is he just your nephew, cousin, aunt, uncle, dad, mom, in-laws, whatever? Is, 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 and when you need something, you ask them to pray. Did you know that you have access to the creator of the universe? You have access through Jesus Christ. You get God's ear. You get God's ear. My God, I hope you're hearing me. My Lord, my God, if you search that little phrase, just in the Old Testament, you'll get this phrase, the Lord your God. Thomas declared, my Lord, my God. Over 200 times in the Old Testament, you see the phrase, your Lord. Jeff, I, I'm going to need an example. Well, I'm glad you asked. Exodus chapter 10, verse 7. You know, Mo Moses, is just, he's just a thorn in Pharaoh's side at this point. He's getting ready to deliver the children of Israel out. Verse 7 of chapter 10. Pharaoh's officials came to Pharaoh and appealed to him. How long are you going to let this man hold us hostage? This was said to the most powerful man alive. How long are you going to let this man hold us hostage? How long? Let the men go to worship the Lord. See, they're declaring that God is their God. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. But again... In the spirit of humility, devil, hear me, it's going to change. It's not going to be their God. It's going to be my God. It's going to be my Jesus, who isn't just Sunday at 10. It's going to be my Jesus, my Lord, my God. I'm going to live that way. I'm going to talk that way. And that is going to be the catalyst to change the life that I want so desperately to be changed. Not their God. My God. When God speaks of himself in Exodus 20, when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses and he broke them, Moses says over and over again, I am God says to Moses over and over again, I am the Lord your God. 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 Over and over and over again. Moses was hard-headed. Jeff Burke's hard-headed. God keeps saying, I am your Lord, your God. What a powerful phrase that is. Amen. So this statement is loaded with both a propositional reality and a question. Uh, I'll give you those and I'll close. The propositional reality is this. The propositional reality is that something that must be considered by you personally. And all I can do is propose the truth to you. I, I can't decide for you. I can't take it and cram it down your neck. I wouldn't even if I could. I, I, I can't decide for your children. I can't 
decide for your spouse. I, I can't do that. It's a propositional reality. So I propose to you today, I propose to you emphatically today that he is Lord. I propose that reality today to you that God is my God and my Lord and Jesus is the Lord of all lords. I propose that. So there's the propositional reality of the whole thing. But that's followed quickly by a question. The question is this. Is he your God and is he your Lord? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he your Lord? Is he your God? When Thomas makes that statement, my Lord, my God, the illumination of all the Old Testament truths, the illumination of all the prophecies, the illumination, God, do you hear me? The illumination of everything he saw Jesus do became real in an instant when he said, my Lord, my God. I'll put my hand in his side. Y'all see that? Did you see that? Watch this. Mm, I'm doing it again. Watch. Mm Mm-mm. It became reality to him. This ain't a game. I'm not in this for a game. I'm not in this to beat the church down the road. I'm in this to help the church down the road be more successful than I am. That's what I'm in it for. I'm in it to see people get saved. I'm in it to see lives changed. That's why this church is here, daggone it. If you can't get on board with that, we got an issue. We're going to keep butting heads because you're going to want to do something that doesn't align up with the three A's. We are going to accept everybody that comes through that door, baggage and all. And we are going to be authentic in front of them. The masks go away. And we are going to put to action. When we say we love people, they're going to know we love people, not because we say we love people, but because we show you that we love people. God help me. Shortage today of people believing in God. You're like, no, I believe in God. Well, maybe I worded that incorrectly. Because James said even the demons. Come on, come on. It's in your Bible, the book of James. Even the demons believe in God. What do they do? Yeah, they do. They tremble. Like Satan's doing right now, this moment. And he's tried to dispatch Some distractions to you today. You say, Jeff, how, wait, wait, how do you know that? I mean, you're, you're right, but how do you know that? Because he's dispatching a bunch of distractions to me today. Jesus is still Lord. So, yeah. You might want to get nervous. Say, he isn't exalted because we say it. He isn't made more Lord because you said, well, praise the Lord when you got the front parking place at Walmart. (laughs) He's not more Lord because of that. Amen. I've used this example before. I'll quickly use it now. That's that's what I love watching the Grammys. I love watching the Grammys, you know, just because I love music. But I, I mute it usually come speech time. My God. I mute it because I love watching the performances and I, I love to be knowing what's going on. You, you, you watch your hunting shows. I get it. I watch my music shows. It's cool. You can do both. Uh, we're good. Yeah. Um, because it, it's an insult. It's an insult to my 
belief system for folks to stand up and say, thank you, God. God gets all the glory. When I stumbled upon your video, bub, and I got a newsflash for you. God wasn't within 100 miles of that. So do us all a favor. Keep God out of your mess until he becomes your Lord, your God, because you've invited him into your mess. And then he takes you from being the doubting Thomas into the powerful man that Thomas already was, but even more so because now his relationship was personal. I said personal. Oh, I like what Jesus told Thomas in verse 27 of our text. He said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Just believe. In other words, enough of you knowing I'm real and knowing I exist on a surface. Oh, my God. He's saying enough of you knowing that I'm real and having this surface relationship with me. It's about to go down, Thomas. Listen to me. We're going to a new level, Thomas. I know that you believe in me. Now you're going to believe on me because I'm going to show you why I'm here. I'm going to show you what I did. I'm going to show you why you should call me Lord and God. And he did. And he met him where he was. But it's as if God is telling our nation this world, this church, enough already. Enough already. Enough is enough. He could have danced around with Thomas all day long and told him about everything. Jesus, he's God. He could have told him secrets that no one else knew. He could have told him all the things that he had done. He could have told him back way back in the Old Testament when this and that happened. He could have went through his whole genealogy and he could have went all the way up to right now. And he said, now do you believe? That's not what God did. That's not how Jesus interacted with him. He didn't go through all that. He said this, touch me. Feel me. I am real. And when you do, you will own the fact that I am your Lord and your God. Enough already. No more surface level relationships, guys. Hey, listen, church, listen. I feel like God is just telling us enough is enough. You either got to go deeper or you've got to contend with the hell that comes into your life that comes from a lukewarm existence. And I come with a clarion call of love. Please hear me. Yes, I'm upset. I'm upset because the devil's a punk and a liar. And I hate his daggone guts. I'm tired of him messing with me. I'm tired of him messing with you. I'm tired of him messing with my family. Jesus is Lord. He's always been Lord. He always will be Lord. And I'll say it till my throat bleeds. Enough. Enough. Stop dancing around it. Enough. That's saying enough of you barely acknowledging my existence. Enough. You believe in me. You've seen the results of my presence. Okay, you've seen the results of my presence. Now start living in my power. Go deeper. You, the things that could get solved in my life and in your life, if we would just declare and live the fact that Jesus is my Lord and my God, I'm telling you, it would be mind-blowing. 
wants all of me. He wants all of me. He wants all of me. All of me. Thank you, Jesus. He don't want preacher me. He don't want musician me. He don't want a husband me. He don't want dad me. He don't want friend me. This broken sinner. Jesus wants all of me. And that overwhelms me. I will not speak out of both sides of my mouth. Drive down the highway at any given time. Or down your street, through your community. You're going to see, you're going to see these big golden arches. When you see it, You automatically think, okay, sausage biscuit, cool. Somebody else thinking that too? I'm psychic, just kidding. You automatically think Big Mac. You, you just name stuff and put a muck in front of it, and it probably is in there. But here's what they understand. What they understand is. You don't have to second guess what's on the inside because of what you have identified on the outside. You don't go in those doors and ask for a Whopper. (laughs) Now, I have been to other places and asked for a Happy Meal because that's universal. And they need to just change that because I can't stop saying it. For my grandkids. Just had to make sure you knew I wasn't like going to the drive through getting happy. Although I'm not above it. What they have on the inside is what they're advertising on the outside. And I believe that we as the church of Jesus Christ, followers of a risen Savior, followers of the Jesus who is Lord of all, if we are going to claim with our mouth that he's God, then our life should back it up. Hold it. Hold it. Because here's where it gets super tricky. Because right when I said that, the enemy said to you, then I'm out because there's no way I can live this. Thank you for your honesty. Finally. Finally. Somebody gets it. You can't do this. I can't do this. 
Oh, but listen. Jesus told his disciples. They were begging him, don't go, don't go, don't go. I got to go. I got to go. See, I got to go because if I don't go, I can't send. If I don't go, I can't send the Spirit. See, the reason in that room he had to breathe on those guys so that they were filled with the Spirit. Did you, did you see that when we read that? The reason that had to happen is because he hadn't ascended yet to the Father. Yeah? But since he has, I know I can't live this life by myself. I know what Jeff Burke is made of. I know. I know my past. I, I, and, I, and I've said it all over this country. I'm not an axe-wielding murderer. Never was. I never robbed a carryout in my life. But I needed Jesus. And I realized I can't do it on my own. And I was married. And our first child, Dustin, my son, who then looked up to me and mimicked every move I made. Now I look up to him because he's that tall. But see, God will use what he has to use to get us to realize where we're at. And he used my son. Because God whispered in my ear and said, do you want him to grow up and know you're a liar? Well, no. He said, come. So you got to understand, I was playing music with my father, Christian music. Every weekend. Served in the church. Knew how to do church. But there was a missing element in my life. I had the love of my life. Kimberly. I had the blessing of all blessings. I had a child. But what was missing was me being willing to let go of all of that to admit the truth that I'm a liar and I wasn't what everybody thought I was and in that moment my Lord my God became real when I confessed my sins and he cleansed me of all unrighteousness, which he will do for you. Stop doubting and believe. You've entered today into a church environment that just believes God's not satisfied with us to trying to pander some get-out-of-hell-free card. And I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or, or, or a tough guy. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, listen, I need Jesus. You need Jesus. And until you can say, my Lord, my God, you can work on you till the end of eternity and you won't change. 
last night sometime around midnight-ish, I don't know, I dozed off. I'm in our garden house. That's what Kim and I see everybody and pray. I'm in our garden house and I'm praying. And he just began to show me what he's done. Showed me that he never left. Showed me that on February the 21st, 1983, listen church, I relived every feeling of that. And I just, I just said, Jesus is Lord. And I'm sitting out there. And I said, you are my Lord and you are my God. I gotta get better at proclaiming that to the world. Starting in my house, my job, my neighbors, my community. Jesus is Lord. But the question is is He your Lord? Your you can't break out until you break through. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you that you have spoken clearly to me. God, I, I say that in humility and I, I thank Jesus has paid it all. Listen to me. Your insecurities, Jesus paid for it. Your doubts, Jesus paid for it. Your hurt, it's real. I validate it. But Jesus paid for it. Your brokenness, Jesus paid for it. The confusion that you have about the world we live in and the church's place in it, Jesus paid for that too. All of the unanswered questions we have and all of the talking heads that want us to lean a particular way, Jesus came to take over. <laughs> he paid for you. He paid for me. And I don't know any simpler way to put it because you know, I say this out of love, you know whether or not you're in a relationship with Jesus. I don't care if you're on staff at this church. If you are afraid of embarrassing me because you need to come forward and make Jesus the Lord of all your life? Please hear me. I will be your biggest cheerleader and uh, listen, they will hear me all the way to Miamisburg shouting the name of Jesus. Don't worry about me.
Right now, if you're unfamiliar with church, what's happening is this. You're fidgety because God's talking to you. And you don't know what to do with what you heard. So let me help you. Right hand, left hand. He either is the Lord of your life or he isn't. You're like, well, what are a whole bunch of space in between there? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's either Lord of all of your life or he's not. And so I'm inviting you as some have already come, I'm inviting you. Just get up at easy. Jeff, I don't know what to do. I don't, now you're freaking me out now. You said you weren't going to embarrass anybody. You just did. No, no. No. You, you know the difference. You're smarter than that. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to come. Bend the knee. And let God meet you right where you're at. And make him Lord of all of your life. He's Lord, period. But make it personal. Make it personal. Make it. If you're here and you, you know you're in a relationship with Jesus already, but it's, man, you're just, doubts are swirling around in your head and kind of hurt. A lot of unanswered questions, questioning your next steps. I, I, I'm just asking you to be, just be man enough, be, be, be woman enough, to care enough to just not give a rat's behind about what anybody in this church thinks when you get up out of your seat and come to this altar and ask God to become the Lord of all of your life. I'm giving you the opportunity first. Those of you who are already in a relationship with him, but he doesn't have all of you. Will you come? Will you join these that have already come? You should have wondered, I got to come up here. Feel this. This is wood. This is carpet. Nothing magic about it. All through the scriptures. All through the scriptures. An altar was a place that things come to die. And all I'm asking of you is all that Jesus asked of all of us is that we would die to ourselves. Listen, I got to get out of my own daggone way, man. I mess me up. So I'm inviting you. Just come. Just come. Just, Jesus, you've met me where I'm at. Take all of me. All of me. You paid for my addictions. You prayed for my. Uh, you paid for my abuse. You've you've paid for every mistake and every wrong I've done. My bitterness. You've already paid for that. My unforgiveness. You've already paid for that. Today I just claim what's already mine, and I give you all of me.
those of you who don't know Jesus. You know about Him. Maybe you once lived for Him. But you know something's broken inside. You're getting ready to become the devil's worst nightmare. He said, Jeff, can, can't I do whatever it is you want me to do from my seat? I don't think that's the question you should be asking. You should be asking, am I willing to publicly proclaim the fact that Jesus is my Lord and my God? Will you come? down here at the altar I'm not, I'm not even remotely implying that what I have to say is more important than what you're saying to God but if you'd like for somebody not to counsel you and just to, to pray with you and over you just lift up your hand so that we can meet your need just lift up your hand just lift up your hand because you got people ready to do that they don't talk they're not, they're not going to ask you for nothing Thank you for that. Thank you for your. Thank you for trusting what I say. He raised his hand. So get out of your seat. Come up here and pray with you guys. He says, I need. I'm fully aware of what time it is. Don't look at your watch anymore. I know what time it is. If you need to go, you can be dismissed. I, I, and man, I ain't judging anybody. But I ain't going to stop what God's doing right now. So you do what you got to do. If you want to go and relieve some of the children's ministry workers, and you know you've done what God's told you to do here, we want you do that, but don't leave until first you can declare, my Lord, my.